Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. So what's up, everybody? If you're, uh, if you're joining us, just feel free to uh, sound off in the chat box, say hello. Let us know that you're out there and that we're coming in uh, clear. Excited to be here with you guys. Feels like, uh, you know, this is the week that I feel like we enter the end of the year. Yeah, like for sure. For at least in America, uh, like Thanksgiving, like kicks off the the real holiday season. I've noticed uh, Black Friday now it picks up two weeks before the yeah. official Black Friday. Anyway, side tangent here, but what I was thinking um, would be fun to discuss today is I was, I was, just contemplating end of the year and, you know, end of the year comes with elation, but also certain kinds of stresses. And I thought it would be cool to um, look at like anxiety from the point of view of mindset and from the point of view of energetics and kind of like recapture a little bit of the conversation we had with our L3s yesterday about like why one requires more attention in a certain way, why the other one actually requires less attention in a certain way. And just kind of, you know, yeah. being in that, yeah. that context. Yeah, um, want to uh, kick it off and then I'll. Yeah. Yeah. $7. <laughs> the Europeans are like $7 for a cup of coffee. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's so it's absurd. Gotten, it's gotten crazy. And and again, I don't know if there's like valid reasons for them. Like maybe rent has gone up. California in general is, you know, pretty expensive place to be, but should be told the cost of living everywhere today is so damn high. Like I, I don't know where you can escape to anymore. Oh, every time I see someone with a Starbucks coffee, like a cup in their hand, I like it like boggles my mind because I'm like, not only are you paying seven dollars for this cup of coffee, but it's like shitty coffee. Yeah. So it's like I'm paying so much money for a shitty cup of coffee. I'm like, dude, brew your own coffee at home. And I don't know if you guys know this and I don't know how the algorithms on, on YouTube are so fucking insane. It's like crazy. And the things that they would like drip on you every once in a while and you like happen to click on this little short and then the next thing you know, your feet is filled with them. I somehow f- clicked on, on the art 
and the amount of uh, fanaticism that people that make coffee have. Have you ever yeah. seen the videos? I, I have, uh, again, on the Diary of CEO, he just had the number one coffee taster in the world on there talk about coffee. So I kind of caught like a few clips, but no, not so much. They have these machines now and devices, and it's so cool because everything now is like magnetic. So mm -hmm. like when it like touches, it has that like satisfying like, but like they show people making a cup of coffee and how they spray water on it and this and that. And like the amount that goes into making an espresso for people who like know coffee, you know, there's like, there's people that literally will roast an individual amount of beans for their coffee. Yeah. I get that. So they will wait like 30 minutes while this thing's roasting. Like they, they like wrote anyway. So I'm like, you can spend the amount of money that people spend on coffee. You can buy like the most extravagant machines and make like the most ridiculous coffee at home. But like hundred percent, you, you might as well just go spend a few hundred dollars on a really good coffee machine. Yeah. And like, you can source great beans today. Like I could highly, you know, recommend it. And look, coffee when done properly is an absolute superfood oh. when, done, when done incorrectly. Uh, also, I don't even know why we're talking about coffee today so much, but here we are. I mean, for those that don't know, it's like the most highly pesticided food on planet Earth. So unless you are sourcing organic beans, which Starbucks certainly does not, you know, most coffee roasters don't, any coffee shop mostly doesn't, you're, you're basically drinking like a toxic soup bowl every day. So I think for most people, when they feel adverse effects of coffee, they're actually feeling the adverse effects of toxicity not the coffee itself, because coffee, as long as you're not like, you know, shooting yourself up with 400 milligrams at a time, you're probably going to be reasonably okay. So just be mindful guys, you know, like if you're, if glyphosate, you know, you understand what that does to you. I'm not going to go into it now. Um, there's no food in the world that's more pesticided than coffee, you know, right up there with uh, apples and other stuff like that. So just word to the wise, you know, how you do it really, really does matter. And maybe one of the other reasons to be mindful of not going to coffee shops because very few uh, source organic beans. So just be, yeah. be mindful of that stuff like that. Um, uh, anyway, make a real hard turn for us. Yeah. Many, anyway, coffee can lead to anxiety. So let's, <laughs> let's <laughs> that, was, that wasn't a hard, right. That was like, that was like a nice round exit. You like that, right? I had, that uh, was good. I thought about it. Oh my God. It's, can I just show you guys like, like, you know, you know where I am, right? So like, yeah, I know where I'm you are, but you tell me where you are. are. This is, this is, this is what's happening. Hold on. Let me unblur this. This is what's happening outside right now. You know, like it's snowing. No, it's just gross. Just gross. So what is it that you're showing us that we're supposed to be thinking? Gray, about? rain. Is this supposed cold. to give us, is this supposed to give us hope? This is, I don't know. It's making, it's making me anxious. Thank you for sharing that with everybody. I'm so, I'm so used to sun and warmth and. Uh, and yeah, for Sally's just asking, does organic avoid that with coffee and apples for something to be registered organic? It cannot be sprayed with, um, chemicals. It can't be sprayed with, um, glyphosate or roundup and uh at the very least you know if you if you eat non-gmo food like if organic feels out of reach for some reason for you and that's not something you you can do either for money or whatever it might be um at the very least get non-gmo because gmo foods are even sprayed that the, the plants themselves the food itself is actually created roundup ready and so like they can actually spray it even more 
Uh, so the amount you're getting there, and again, just do some research on glyphosate and the, the ill effects that has on the body, um, fluoride, you know, all sorts of stuff that's in our water. You know, I, I wouldn't drink any tap water anywhere on the planet these days. So just my two cents on just like general health and well-being and stuff that it doesn't cost a lot to do right as long as you're mindful of it. So um, anyway, coffee, anxiety. anxiety. Yeah, coffee leads to anxiety. And so let's talk about anxiety. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to kind of talk about it. You know, this is a conversation we used to have a little bit more on these, but a lot of you guys are now coming in from like MMI and programs and stuff like that. And that's why Tuesdays, instead of us like kind of talking at you uh, a little bit looser, I think, because I think part of it is um, is breathing just like some humanity into our humanity, if, if I could say it that way is like, it's really, I think it's really important. I'll say for me, but also I think for Elon as well, that you guys see that after 20 years of developmental work, we don't have, um, we don't have a stick up our ass. Uh, we're not, we're not pious, pompous or anything else. If anything else, we want a lot less in this life than we used to. You know, there's, there's very few things that genuinely increase happiness. Uh, mm. Significant wealth is not one of them. Although certainly having shelter and being able to take care of means I would imagine does lend itself to more happiness, but there's a, there's, there's a threshold there that, that you just don't go beyond. And, you know, for example, like somebody who has a lot of money, but continues to consume or make more money is there clearly um, in my perspective, not getting joy from elsewhere in their lives. And so you, they become a consumer of products to try to replicate what, what a need and desire that a human being has. And, and as far as I can tell, there's really three things that a human being requires, and that's a shelter, food, and connection. Okay, so like many of us, when we buy shit we don't need or trying to impress people we'll never meet. Um, and, you know, maybe when you're younger and you want to impress people or you're trying to pick up like a date and you need to peacock a little bit, that stuff makes sense. But like once you're like settled down, you have kids, you're married, this and that and the other, it doesn't really matter all that much. And what you really desire is like connection between you and your kids you and your your wife and of course the the number one thing well i said two things i think that create the most amount of joy that i can tell is to uh lower my expectations as low as possible right mm -hmm. um because the more expectations i have uh the more miserable i seem to be um and the other one is to just have like uh, healthy connections especially with my my spouse right and people around me um, and a lot of that just looks like being kind to each other, um, offering each other um, space to be not great with one another when we're being angry or mean or there's a misunderstanding. And I'm telling you right now, like far from perfect with that. But um, for me personally, I know Elon's had his you know moments too, I'm sure. And a lot of that is just like working through, you know, the trauma from our childhood and certain conditioning that we have and how we lend ourselves to respond to things. And so uh, with anxiety, I, I want to just like offer this 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 thing because anxiety and stress just seems to be so much of what this world is dealing with today. And a lot of it is because of the fundamentals that were everyone just kind of took for granted 50, 60, 70 years ago today are no longer the fundamentals that we live with. We live in pretty disconnected societies, even though we have these incredible machines, but they're easy to hide behind and it's easy to avoid, you know, human connection when you, you feel like you can get it from a computer or AI that's up, up and coming, um, which I'm sure will create all sorts of 
connection turmoil in our society. Um, so I wanted to just reintroduce this idea for you guys that when we look at developmental healing work, uh, we look at it from two perspectives. There's two, two paths that you can take here. And it's not that you get to choose one or the other. Eventually you have to walk both of these paths. And we, we like to make them distinct, even though they really are one, because there's a certain way to approach work in one field and then work in another field. Said another way, there is masculine energy and feminine energy. They all exist in one body, but there's a certain way that the feminine shows up and a certain way the masculine energy shows up. And so they are worked differently because they operate differently, right? Even though they're operating within one body. So um, we like to break uh, break down these two paths into to these two things. And, and this is coined from Ken Wilber. And these two paths are the growing up path and the waking up path. Okay. So there's the growing up path and the waking up path. And the growing up path is, is what traditionally people consider personal development, mindset development, mindset work, you know, just becoming like more aware through the mind. And this has a lot to do with having insights or changing your paradigm in some way or shifting perspective, right? Taking responsibility, adding more integrity to your life, like all that lives in this world. Okay. And so I want to look at anxiety from that world. And then the other path is, um, is the grown, I'm sorry, is the waking up path, which really deals directly with awareness itself. And then the, the awareness, not just of self, but awareness itself and energy in relationship to awareness. Okay. And so that's what I would divulge is like more of the feminine path to healing work, right? The esoteric, like mystery path. Okay. And then there's like the psychological therapeutic path of, of the growing up work. Okay. And so from each one of these, when we're looking to heal, and I'm mean, just using anxiety here as a, as a focal point, because I think it's a, something that we can all relate to, right? We've all gone to bed with worry, with fears, with our heart beating a little bit too fast at night. And as we know, like stress legitimately is a killer, you know, like if you've gone to bed and you felt that those palpitations in your heart, when you're worried about something, you are also noticing a certain type of um, extra work that your body has to do throughout the day, even if it's a low level stress, which means your body is using up a lot of its energy to deal with the tension that's in the body. And so in general, I like to think of, of as ten, when you have tension in the body as now the, the energy that your body has to use in order to deal with that, with that tension is quite a bit. And that's why people feel tired, exhausted, under-resourced, disconnected, right? Because it's like when you have tension in the body, there's a part of you that's unconsciously paying attention to that. Same way that there's a part of you that's unconsciously paying attention to making sure that the heart continues to beat and that the blood continues to flow and that oxygen continues to be resourced. You don't have to think about these things, but or I say, and there's a part of your energetic system and a part of your awareness that has to go to that for life to continue. When the body is in a straight state of stress or anxiety, there's also a part of you that has to pay attention to that to try to deal with that tension in the body. And so in the developmental path, we can think about our lives differently, right? There, like, Because there could be a thought that you have that induces significantly more stress 
right? Like Elon and I could look at a situation, financial, health, relational, perhaps in a different way than you. And so because of that thought and the way that we're dealing with it, the paradigm we have around it, we're going to have a different stress response than a person who's, you know, thinking of it in a, like the world's going to end or like they're, you know, they can't continue or they can't go on or whatever it might be. That's going to be naturally a different stress response. So we can articulate by saying, hey, look, if I change the way that I think, if I can take responsibility for what happened, if I can clean that up, if I can get that out of my headspace, there is going to be a biochemical, biophysical response that we can measure that measurably says, I feel better, right? Okay. Having said that, that's still just one layer of what human beings operate from. We are highly multidimensional. So we, we're not just mental beings, right? Most people like to think if they can deal, if they can somehow control their minds, they can control their lives ish, right? Because there's a relationship still there between your mind and your emotions, then the sensations in the body, then how, where your awareness is located at any given time, the soul's desires, right? There's like, there's all these layers within us that all have a relationship and interplay, but every one of them kind of lives in their own world and has a way of viewing and experiencing things in vastly different ways. And so for us, we teach mindset stuff because we do think that that is foundational, fundamental. Like if your mind is out of the fuck control, doing crazy shit all day long and coming up with insane stories, it's really, really tough to go to the level of sensation in the body until that you can pacify that and bring it to a quieter place. Having said that, and maybe Len, you want to take it from here. Um, there are absolute and very specific limitations on what we can do, not with our mind, but with insight-based work. Okay. Like if I have an insight that I'm stressed out and then tomorrow I have a transformative thought that leads me to less stress, that's still like some understanding that I've had in my mind. Okay. And I might unlock some kind of layer. It may create even a healing response in my body. But would, would it be fair to assume then that there is way more attached to that particular response than a single thought, right? Maybe it's just how your body moves energy or uh, how when a certain stress comes into the body, how your body just naturally deals with it the same way that it would deal with any stress. You know, when stress comes into the body, most people don't think to themselves, like, I have a say over the stress response. It's just like, it's just there and the body's now going to do what it does to kind of like pacify that, right? So it's never one thing is kind of what I want to harp on. You know, stress is not just coming because you're, you're like, the mind might focus on one thing, but there's a lot of stuff happening under the hood that still requires attention. And so the, the second path that we really recommend, and it's the one that we find way more engaging in the long run, um, also way more transformative, sustainable, um, life altering is really the path of awareness and energy. So bro, why don't you kind of shape the conversation from the other perspective? If you, if you don't mind. Um, you were talking and I was just actually thinking of like, uh, cause I was reading Stacy's comment and what she was going through and yeah. what we kind of shared with the level three uh, people yesterday about the, um, as you build more safety in the system, like you actually begin to feel more and, that kind of scares people because all the stuff that's kind of been hidden in the basement. And I was actually thinking that uh, an athlete, 
right? Like when, when a team loses in the final or like in a big match or, you know, in tennis, when, when someone plays someone like really good and they end up losing um, a lot of the times, maybe not at that moment. Cause in that moment they might be like really sad and upset that they lost, et cetera. And there's always this recognition of being in that experience and how that is the only way to learn what that level of pressure feels like or what that big match feels like. And it's very rare that someone who has not been to any sort of like big match in whatever sport it is wins the first time, right? Because the moment takes you over. And so I was just realizing it's like when we do the growing up work, it's like you can pep talk your way into certain things and out of certain things you can like pep talk your way out of you know why you shouldn't feel that or shouldn't feel this stressed or shouldn't feel this anxious and kind of give yourself this like momentary lapse of i'm gonna empower myself and and you know walk through it what guy's pointing to is what's underneath that though just because you've dealt with this thought pattern that arose from a certain circumstance that you're in, right? And then you shift that aspect, which is what, you know, what most coaches and what most trainings are are built around is this whole art of reframing. You know, they give you like formulas on how to do it and what, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like the thing underneath, right? Like the wounded one inside the hurt one inside the abandoned one inside is still inside just and like what we do and guy and i were masters at this uh because you do get really good at it uh you get really good at bypassing certain things in your in your nervous system And I think the disappointment for a lot of people that have done a lot of personal development or growing up work, I think the disappointment is when we keep hitting the same roadblocks over and over and over after having invested so much time, energy, and money into that, and it keeps coming back and it annoys us because we're like, how am I still fucking dealing with the same thing like I'm still dealing with my health I'm still dealing with my fears I'm still dealing with my anxiety I'm still dealing with my health I'm still dealing with shitty relationships I'm still dealing with blah 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 because what we do with with the growing up work is like you've created uh the ability to alter it enough in the moment to move through right like we call it empowering yourself right so you're empowering yourself to fight through this thing that's happening. If that root cause though is still there and when we empower ourselves, it's not like we're turning in and going, Hey, what's actually in there. What we're dealing with is what's happening in this sphere over here. And that's why like, you know, with athletes, it's like, it doesn't matter how much you prep or how much you empower yourself, nothing, nothing can replace the physical experience of the moment. Like 
you can visualize and visualization is great, right? Like I think the 1980s ski team, like this was like one of the big things that they did, the Olympic team, not the ski team, the Olympic team. They worked on visualization and they got incredible results. So I'm not saying it doesn't work. It does. Because, you know, when you bring something into your mind's eye, and we can do this right now, if you guys want to do a little practice with me. So, and we do this at our live events. So I, I, it's one of like the cool exercises that I really like. If everyone can just uh, begin to notice with awareness, I don't want to do the whole awareness practice. Um, if you want to learn exactly how to do that, you can come to our live event. But in whatever way this lands for you, just bring your awareness to your heart. So just noticing what is arising and happening in your heart. And see if you can notice that even as we do that, and we bring more of our awareness to the heart, you're going to start to notice things moving in the heart, right? Like there's going to be like different sensations that you are now uh, becoming more aware of. Okay. Now with that same awareness on your heart, and by the way, sometimes it's a lot easier to do this with your eyes closed just because it brings all your focus and attention internally. So with your eyes closed, just see if you can actually feel your heart. And now in your mind's eye, think of someone. It could be a person. It can even be a pet. But think of someone that you really, really love. And like just visualize them, visualize hugging them, giving them a big hug or a kiss. or And just notice what's happening to your heart as you begin to do that. And keep bringing that person to your mind's eye. So just because I can't interact with you guys, I'm going to just name a few things. So hopefully you can kind of track along. So some of you guys might feel like an opening. There's just like a general opening in the heart. There might be like warmth and tingles. To me, it kind of feels like a, like petals of a flower just begin to open. And then I get this warmth and I almost feel this light kind of radiating and pulling me forward. Okay. Now, think of a person or a situation that stresses you out, worries you, scares you. And notice how quickly the heart responds. Even though the threat is not here with you in this room, wherever you might be, See if you can notice that transition and how quickly everything begins to close and shift. And then just so we don't leave you there in that place, bring that person or thing that you love most in your life. And again, just watching and noticing the shifts. Notice how quickly your heart responds. And as you notice that, I just want to name that your heart is part of this entire nervous system, right? And if we got really granular, you know, when you bring in something that 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 you love, it doesn't just open your heart, it opens this entire pathway to both receive and give love. And when we close off to something, 
right? We're actually closing off that entire center channel. So the heart closes, but some of you guys also may have felt little twinges and pokes and squeezes around your solar plexus or your stomach, maybe your throat. And all of this is tied together. And the most important thing to understand is this is what fires off first, not your thoughts and not your mind. So that contraction sends a signal and then the mind looks down at said signal. So for example, you know, people were talking about like anxiety or stress or feeling all those sensations, right? Now there's a thought-based process where your mind will start looping and creating over and over and over certain scenarios and saying over and over and over certain things to you. Like you should be better off and how are you dealing with this again? And telling you all the mistakes that you've made in your past and all the things that you need to worry about in your future. And what if this happens and what if that happens, right? Like we all have our things that the mind does. And by the way, I just want to name guy and I still have them. Mm -hmm. So if you're on this path or mission that you think like one day you're going to magically find like this teacher or this book or this video, that's going to tell you how to turn that off. I want to be, maybe the first person to tell you like it doesn't fucking exist yeah it's not happening and it doesn't matter how high you search how much you pay where you look take it from me right guy and i have done this for over 20 years and spent over a million dollars and the person that i'm putting my weight on aside from literally every teacher that i've ever worked with we got a chance to ask a rinpoche so this is a a a a meditation master, literally born into a world. His dad was a Rinpoche as well. Okay. So like, imagine a baby born into a world where everyone meditates and like his dad's the grandmaster meditator person, right? And he was born into this world and someone asked him this question. And he's like, are you kidding me? My mind is talking to me all the time. And that was the moment that I, I finally, like, because in my experience, I also realized like, wow, this thing is never going away. When I heard it from this guy who like was born into the most idyllic situation, lives in the Himalayas, like with all people that this is all they do all day long, right? Like they're in robes and meditating. And he's still after, I think he was like 40 something at the time. Like he's like, yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere. And I was like, oh yeah, it's not going anywhere. So truly like if you're under this delusion that you're going to play this game, I can tell you from my experience, my voice has gotten a lot quieter. Um, less mean. Very, yeah, a lot less mean. And and again, this to, to tie back to what I was saying, it's like the reason that is, is because when there are those contractions in the body, they are stemmed from experiences that you had between the time you were zero to seven years old. Okay. Like the core aspects of you were already programmed programmed in by the time you were seven. And there's certain things that were very, very scary to you when you were three, four years old, let's say. When those happened, the mind came on and was like, listen, I'm going to take care of this. And I promise you're never going to have to feel this thing again. And you're like, okay, great. That sounds amazing. But now every time something happens in your life and something 
is going to always keep happening in your life. Again, no matter how much work you do, that aspect of you, that three-year-old, that four-year-old gets triggered. And then the mind instantly steps in is like, we got to make this stop. This is not good. Right. And as soon as it goes into that cycle, you're now hijacked. The part yet again is being bypassed. The mind steps in and now there's all this crazy thought stuff that's happening. Right. And when that happens, like what most people do is because this is the loudest part. What most people do is like, I need to figure this out. And so we go down these pathways of trying to figure out mind and how to shut up mind. So my question to you is like, how's that been working? Has it been sustainable? Has it created like the life goal changes that you have for yourself? <clears throat> That's kind of a rhetorical question because I know the answer is no. Right? Like I did it for 15 years, probably one of the highest levels. Like the answer is no. It's an emphatic no. <laughs> so then it's like, well, if that doesn't work, or isn't, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't work. It, it works to a certain extent, right? Like it can empower you and move you through certain things. It's not, however, actually like healing and liberating. And so if you want to get your mind to be nicer and you want to get your mind to be quieter, then what you must do is actually go in here and find the parts that make the mind loud and nasty. And if you find those parts and you can help through certain practices, meet those parts and give them the attunement that was missing when that trauma first happened. And by the way, that doesn't mean that you sit once with it and go, oh, I love you. Like, you know, I'm sorry that I, I didn't listen to you. Can we be all good? Like, no, it might take you years to rebuild that relationship and give that part what, what it needs. And the byproduct is that the mind then doesn't have the thing that keeps flaring up that it needs to now manage again and again and again and again. And the waking up work is like we move from dealing with the, uh, what do I want to call it? Like the aftermath of the thing, right? It's like, if we're dealing with this, like we're, we're never actually looking at the root of it. So when we start to look at the root, you pull the root and the whole, you know, the weeds don't keep coming back. But if you keep pruning weeds, like they just keep growing more and more and more. So to me, that's, that's been the biggest shift. And the thing that now as I'm just uh, tuning into this, it's like, I think the thing that people really love about growing up work is the aha moments. Sure. You know, the moment where you see something and every, like, like all these pieces, all of a sudden you see so clearly and like, oh my God. That's why I've been doing that thing my whole life because that moment when mom did that thing and then 
I reacted this way. And now like, and you feel like you've like figured out the answer to life. You're like, oh, the puzzles, maybe. but the truth is then you keep doing it like three days later anyway, because it's not up to you. And the understanding that you have is irrelevant in what this is actually doing. So it, I like, I know that we love those moments because it really makes us feel like we, we like got something. We figured something out. And, you know, the energetic work and somatic work and, and the waking up work, it's so much more subtle. But when we hear our clients, like three months, six months, 12 months, talking about their experience of life and how they get to walk into their child home and have an experience of mom or dad or sibling that is unimaginable to them. It's like they like aliens replace that person in their household because they can't believe this person is, is talking to them this way. Right? Like that to me is, is the beauty of it. And I'm like, <clears throat> it's kind of the world that we all wanted. We guy and I, and here at Satori prime, like, we know that with level one work and all that stuff, like we know the foundational importance of all the growing up work. We do. We try to pull it out, and I'm telling you, it backfired monumentally. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work. Have both. One have one hand one hand washes the other. That's right. And if you if you sat with Guy and on, you're like, what do you like? If you you asked the master, you're like, what's what's the one thing that I should focus on to have the life that I want? I would be like, learn to meditate by yourself, with others, and in group. Learn to like, learn from the field, like open your system and and learn from that versus from books, <clears throat> versus from videos, versus from what even Guy and I say, like Guy and I at best, all we are trying to do is two things create an environment and a container that you feel safe enough, not even you, like the real you, the, the, the soul level you feel safe enough to sit and be a, become part of, to allow for these things to bubble through and then point you, highlight for you where to look internally so you can have these massive liberations that we're pointing to. That's it. You do that over and 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 over again until you die. Your life will be so blessed and feel so easeful and joyful and beautiful that you'll be like, wow, this is what I was waiting for my entire life. Yeah. And and it's it's just one of those things that it's like it's a matter of time, you know, and that's not what anybody wants to hear when they're trying to create resolution. Like I'm just kind of looking at some of the questions here, which I'll read in a second. But I put a map in there and this is a map that was given to us, but I think it's true. You know, like I look at, I look at the things that I've struggled with, you know, ongoingly for 20 years. And, and, and today I would say struggle in like a very loose term. It's just like, there's a, a pattern. Like there's a pattern that my system used to defend itself and try to create safety in this world. And I did that over and over and over again for 20 years. And then I did that for the 10 other years, even while I was learning about it. And then I did it for the 10 years afterward, I learned about it. Right. Because it's like, it's a knee jerk response, like taking a breath when you come, when you've come out of being under deep water and you <gasps> try to stop that, <laughs> like try to stop your body yeah. from doing that, you know? And so it's like, when you recognize that there's a pattern 
for most people, it's like, they feel like the work is, it's like the work's not working unless there's resolution. That's just not the case. Resolution may never come. Like just sit with that for a moment. If resolution never came, would you continue to do the work of awareness and, and healing? Like there's no guarantees. You know, if somebody gets angry at Guy and I, uh, Guy and I, if somebody gets angry at Guy and I, uh, that'd be really funny because they'd be angry at me twice. But if, um, you know, if if somebody gets angry at Elon and I for like the work, it's like the work is just sitting and observing, basically, right? And then we like work on how to observe and like what's what's occurring while we observe in the subtlety of observation and the subtleties of the mind and the subtlety of the body and the subtlety of emotion and the subtlety of sensation and the subtlety of connection what's arising is what's arising elon and i don't control what's arising but if you're a deeply traumatized system and what's going to arise is uh, you know you were heavily sexually and physically abused when you were little that's going to arise deep depression sadness grief that's going to arise because the nature of our body is that the body wants to heal, but the way that it heals is it has to let out that energy that went in. Do you guys get that? So it's like, if you went to a therapist and you weren't fully resolved after like three sits with them, you're not going to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe this therapist. Like, you know, like it's, it's a path. This is a journey. This is a way of life. This is a commitment. You know, it's just like, like eating organic food getting committed to not putting toxins in your body on a, on a daily basis and seeing the impact of that. But if you have one organic meal once a week or eat a salad once a week, but the rest of the time you're eating Frito-Lays and shit and putting that in your body, you're not going to see many changes. So it's not about resolution. It's about a lifestyle. It's about a way of thinking. It's about a way of operating in this world. And so if you're dealing with really intense emotion, really intense psychological stuff, let's call it trauma. And it doesn't go away. Look, it may never go away. But that does that mean that you don't want to work on it and see that it's shifting slowly over time? You know, so Alicia was asking, she's like, something I previously categorized as immature behavior is feeling more like psychological abuse. How can I protect my peace and joy in a dysfunctional relationship? Here's the reality. In a relationship like that, very challenging. Like it, when you're in an environment that's constantly creating stress, it's going to be stressful for the most part, right? You can change your mind, this, that, the other. Here's the thing. I've done this work for, for long periods of time. Elon has too. As far as I can tell, and you have to come to your own, your own stuff about this. I can only share with you my personal experience. Everything happens for a reason. We live in an extremely intelligent universe our awareness is our awareness, not our mind. Our awareness is extremely intelligent, divinely guided. And so we at, at the request of our soul are in the relationships that we're in. When somebody is creating stress in your life or a situation is creating stress in your life, it's also creating an opportunity for learning. We can either honor that source or dishonor that source. Both of those are the choice that we get to make. They will both lead to some sort of teaching eventually. In my opinion, dishonoring the source of the teaching slows everything down. Look, and there may be a period of time where you get to a certain awareness and a certain vibrational frequency where it's like the person you're with or you're around, it's you're just not a match to be around that person anymore. And then you get to make a choice. Right? But like, 
you, generally speaking, like when you meet your partner, whatever it is, it's a frequency match. That's what you're getting. That's why they, they point at and they poke at all the same trauma we had from our childhood. You like replay, right? You replay in your, in your uh, primary relationship, things from your childhood. You replay certainly with your children, stuff from your childhood, right? And it's like, so are the children evil because they're like pointing at the things that, you know, make you there. Now you can get angry at the children or you can start honoring them for the teachers that they are and realize, yeah, you're the parent, you know, to the degree that we are in society. But at the end of the day, like, I think every parent would agree your teacher, your, your children are like your greatest teachers, you know? So are they, are you the parent or are you guys growth partners together? And so when in a relationship, again, is it, is that somebody abusing you or is that a growth partner? It's easy to make a case for both. Right. And so it's like, I would use, at least if I'm forced to be in that environment, or I feel like I don't have a choice to get out of it at the very least, it's like, what can I learn about this? Okay. Let me observe the stress response when I have around this person. And the question to ask yourself is, is this new? Have I experienced a stress, stress response before? Chances are you have, you probably experienced it in your childhood and your teenage years. Now it's probably more intense because it's like you're in an environment that you, you know, maybe cannot escape from or feel like you can't escape from. And here's the reality. If like, if you learned what you needed to learn, I promise you then getting out of that situation would be like, it would just be like, God, I got to get out. Okay. It's the same thing when you're like putting shit food in your body, but you finally heal the reason you're doing that. You're suddenly going to be like, I don't want to eat that food anymore. It's just going to be an obvious choice to make. And it's not one you have to force yourself into. It just kind of naturally arises because the alignment is no longer there to do that. You know, and Stacy was asking, she's like, how can I switch off these negative thoughts for good or reduce them at least? Like in time, that's just going to happen with practice. The question you want to ask yourself is, do I have the patience to continue to practice even as that's not the case? E even as the negative thoughts continue, even as the stress is there. I know Natalie, you know, same thing, right? Like I can't make assessments on your life, but I imagine if we investigated, we would find quite a bit of trauma in your past. So here's the reality. Like if you knew that a heavily, heavily traumatized system, depressed, grief, whatever, you're on like a seven to 10 year journey right now. You know, it's going to reduce over time, but like truly before you really see like major benefits or changes in your life or like a new level of stability, like you're on a six, seven year path, are you going to play that game or not? And you can, you can choose not to do that, but here's the reality. Also six to seven years are coming regardless whether you do anything or not, regardless of what you do right now, those six or seven years are coming. You can either be six or seven years ahead with your awareness, or you can start at that time when it's, you've dealt with it for another six or seven years at that level. I think when you phrase it that way, the choice becomes clear, but no one can make this choice for you. No one can heal you. No one can do the work for you. This is, this is patient work. Again, Elon and I've been doing this almost 21 years. I'm telling you from personal experience, this is patient work. You either show up every day and you do it or you don't. Eventually, though, in time, as you continue to practice, your awareness stabilizes itself and anchors itself to a different place. You are much less prone to stress. You are much less prone to being hooked by other people's actions. It still happens, but you're much less prone to it. You're much less prone to uh, being sucked in to the daily news cycle of fucking horror that is shown on the television screen. Or what politicians say. 
And, you know, like if you do believe that this world is trying to be controlled, then a person who cannot self-reference, a person who cannot be aware of themselves, a person who's apathetic, right, um, lives in a, an environment of toxicity, there's feeling in a weakened, dysregulated and under-resourced under state is much easier to control than a person who can self-reference and knows themselves. That's just fact. Now, there may be, you know, dystopian reasons for that. I don't know because I don't know who's making the decisions at the top. And, you know, I don't know. That may be what's happening or maybe we're just watching humans be humans. Like, I, I, don't, no. I don't actually know. Or at least humans being humans at this level of awareness. Maybe this is just what humans do at this level of awareness. We have no context or reference for that. You know, but I see people who practice awareness practices. And one of the outcomes of that is your ability to reference yourself. What's good for me? What do I want to do? And so no matter what is happening in the world, you're always referencing self. This is a learned skill. This does not come with the package, at least not in the way that we're currently being conditioned. And so what I see is people liberate themselves as a sheer fact of ability to self-reference. They don't need a large group of people to tell them what to think or what to do or how to do it. They're, they're, un, they're comfortable with an empty space. They're, they're comfortable with confusion. They're comfortable with frustration. They're comfortable with not knowing. They can sit in meditation in the not knowing. And then the knowing arises seemingly out of nowhere, just like everything else in this reality, it just kind of appears out of our curiosity to learn. So what we really want to learn is how to sit with ourselves, how to be with ourselves in a really compassionate way, right? And so again, you can gain a lot from having insights, certainly life-changing. Your performance will improve, your relationships will improve, certainly with yourself and just the texture of reality will improve. Having said that, again, I like to say you have trillions of neural connections in your brain. Nobody, nobody, including yourself, knows how, the, how that makeup is made up. Nobody knows those connections. You have no map for that whatsoever. And certainly Elon and I don't have a map for that either, although people who come to our events, they think we can do some pretty wild and crazy shit in the space of awareness and energy. But I want to tell you that what seems today mystical, paranormal, in a few generations will be just like, of course, everyone can do that. Of course, everyone can do that. It's our birthright to do that. It's, it's, it comes with a package. Just no one's pointing at it, teaching it, at least not at, not at scale. And that's our attempt here as a company is to bring awareness to and teach those things at scale. And we're certainly not the only ones that have tried to do this. Certainly not the only ones that bring through these teachings because they're not our teachings. These are universal principles of awareness. And when you investigate awareness, you end up finding out the same stuff that everyone else has found out for thousands and thousands of years. So we are, you know, our, our attempt is to bring ancient wisdom practices into a modern practicality while also learning from modern neuroscience and psychology and therapy and looking at how do we use these different pointers and different maps and have them work together in a highly efficient and effective way that brings just simple practices that we can apply into our busy fucking lives. If it's not simple, you're not going to do it. That's, that's the reality. That's bottom line. Yeah. Just works like that across the board. Right. And so like all our programs are designed are like, what are the fundamental principles? What are the fundamental practices that if a person does it every day, 
their life is going to improve. Now, here's the here's the facts. At first, you got to take it on faith. There's nothing Elon and I could could legitimately provide you as evidence that's going to be sufficient or make any dramatic change in life. You can certainly go watch testimonials. We have hundreds of them, videos, written, like go take a look. You know, if you're teetering on doing one of our programs, just ask to talk with somebody. You know, nine out of 10 people who do these programs say it's the most beneficial, important thing that they've ever done in their entire lives. Maybe 9.5 out of 10 would say that. And it's not because Elon and I are geniuses by any respect. It's because we've committed our lives to learning these things. And to some degree, we seem pretty, pretty good at bringing this stuff through and saying, here's how to use it. Here's what you can do with it. But it's not because we're geniuses. It's because the work works and has always worked. You still got to show up and do it every single day. And you got to give yourself the time and the space to go from being a student, to being a practitioner, to being a master of this work. And nobody skips those steps. Nobody comes becomes a black belt because they decided to be one. And then a week later, they are one. It's a seven-year journey. Try to master anything in under seven years. I implore you. See how that works. It's, it's just not possible. And when you become a master at something is when you realize truly that you've just begun. Because at that point in time, you're clear about the practices, the time commitments, everything else. Now you can take your learnings to a whole new level. Like even when it comes to the awareness and energetic space, Elon and I are only seven years in on that journey, essentially. So we're just hitting that, 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 that space and time. And we practice, I mean, I tell you 99, more than 99% of people. Why? Because we can offer sessions. We receive sessions, right? Like, so we're in a space where we're constantly in that. We have coaches and teachers and this and that, and we're programs and mystery schools. Like we're just in that world constantly. And it's at this time in our lives where we've come to this level of understanding. And these things are so simple, but letting go and surrendering is not something that we've naturally accustomed ourselves to doing. And when it comes to healing work, what you what is really required of you is to get the fuck out of the way of what your body and mind naturally wants to do. Because it's your body and mind is always moving towards healing. No matter how much stress the body is creating, no matter how crazy the thoughts are, it's actually trying to drive itself towards a place of healing. It's just that our egoic mind decides that that's not the right experience that we're supposed to be having and tries to drive the ship in the other direction. And then you lose that opportunity to heal in that moment. The only thing we need to learn how to do is to let go and watch. Easier said than done. 20 years of practice, I'm trying to learning how to let go and just watch and just let it be and let it unfold and let it emerge. And like, seriously, you don't even fucking need us for anything. Don't even join a fucking program. If you understood what I just said <laughs> and you know how to do that, your life will improve. From our point of view is we've not been able to do that on our own without a mega amount of support around us. And again, that's what this community is for. That's what Satori Prime has been built around. And we keep refining what it looks like to give support to an individual that wants to transform their life because the community and the village is a necessity in that process, a necessity in that process. So if you're not already in programs with us, guys, the best way to start is our Mindset Mastery Immersion Program. If you haven't done that yet, like start there. 
once you once you enter in that, then we'll we'll kind of provide you with a path of what might be next for you. But like that is the fundamentals of mindset. Those are the fundamentals of beginning to do this type of work in your life. And that program is massively valuable for the extremely small investment that's there. Okay. And then once you have a taste of that, if we are the right people for you, if you understand the importance of community, then go and divulge yourself into the, the other programs we have. We have programs around money. We have programs around awareness and energy. We have programs uh, you know, where we support you in, in large group trainings. We have right now six, six group live coaching uh, sessions that happen every single month in our level one program. Okay. We're about to expand that into level two. We're about to expand that into level three. Like we've just lowered prices on everything, all with the goal of bringing more people into this community and giving more access to this level of work. And, and if you are in this work and you are getting value from it, please share this work with the people in your lives that are open to it. Uh, we're pretty close to having an affiliate area that can remunerate you for that. But like, you know, it's one thing to get paid fine. I, I understand if you want to wait for that, but like, it's another thing to be a person who becomes the source of increasing the quality of life for somebody else. You let and I introduce people to this kind of work for 12 years. No one gave us a fucking penny. There was no toaster. We didn't get like, frills we didn't get a bathrobe no badges like no it, it was just because it felt so goddamn good to source a new life for somebody so if that's important to you please share it like this work works that's the reality love you guys thank you for being here today happy holidays happy thanksgiving uh we'll see you back here next week take care Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.